Good morning and welcome to the Leaders Brief by Egomong. Today we'll be talking about Akhidas's resignation as Facebook's South and Central Asia public policy director after being accused of political bias. We will then discuss a new law by the Indian government allowing the purchase of land in the previously autonomous state of Jammu and Kashmir. And finally, visit Australia, Japan and the USA's friendship in the Pacific Ocean. I do want to take a minute to talk about how the tools which were used and intended to be connecting communities and people have been used to weaponize and recruit for purposes of terrorist attacks. I also want to talk about what we as a platform as Facebook are doing in order to deal with this menace. This year alone up until now we have taken down more than 14 million pieces of terrorist content on Facebook. If you are a terrorist, we want you to know we are a hostile place for you. Akhidas had said as the South and Central Asia Public Policy Director of Facebook at a 2611 memorial ceremony in the Indian state of Mumbai 2 years ago. Since then, she has found her name being tagged along in several controversies. Akhidas resigned from a post at the American tech company last week. I have decided to step down from Facebook after long service to its mission of connecting people and building communities to pursue my personal interest in public service the former Facebook public policy director wrote on a Facebook post Ajit Mohan Facebook India's managing director and vice president credited Akhi as instrumental for the growth of the company for the past 9 years Mazdas came under fire in August this year after a Wall Street Journal report accused her of allowing political bias According to the report, Das's biasness was evident by Facebook's way of regulating hate and highly politicized comments on its platform in India. Wall Street Journal said Aki had deliberately violated company rules and that she had been quoted as saying her decisions not to take down certain posts were directly related to her working towards protecting the company's business interests in India. She was also reportedly associated with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi prior to the 2014 elections. after which she had acknowledged that her role quote lit a fire to his social media campaign and the rest is history social media giants including google and facebook have come under severe global scrutiny primarily due to privacy concerns and a growing trend of social media being instrumental in influencing political bias the indian parliament had held a panel hearing over concerns of data privacy at which akhidas was questioned for over 2 hours just a few weeks before her resignation Das was also called to a parliamentary panel chaired by Congress MP Sashi Tharoor and another panel of the Peace and Harmony Committee of the Delhi Assembly. However, she had failed to turn up for both. There have been regular clashes between India's two major national parties, the Opposition Indian National Congress and the ruling Bharatiya Janata Party about the role of social media in influencing political sentiment in the country. It is somewhat ironical that while the BJP blames social media sites such as Facebook and Twitter for overindulging in the liberal agenda, Congress leaders like Rahul Gandhi accuse social media companies of lacking action against hate comments by prominent nationalist leaders. Notably, Facebook has over 300 million users in India, and Facebook-owned WhatsApp has close to 400 million. The sheer numbers are explicitly indicative of the huge role these platforms play towards influencing voters' sentiment. Even though Facebook has constantly denied it, they have been embroiled in several allegations over allowing hate comments to remain on social feeds despite being flagged and accused of not doing enough to curb the spread of fake news. Talking about the influence of social media in Indian politics, 
The country, under the right-wing BJP government, has seen one of the highest instances of internet shutdowns globally, with the longest being seen in the Indian state of Jammu and Kashmir. The move was prompted after the Indian parliament stripped the state's government of several of its preferential provisions in August last year. Despite stiff resistance from locals, the parliament has recently amended and introduced new laws allowing all Indian citizens to buy land in disputed areas of India-administered Kashmir. A large section of Kashmiri locals see this as a deliberate attempt by the BJP government to change the religious demography of the state. Presently, Jammu and Kashmir comprises of 68.31% Muslims and 28.43% Hindus and is the only Muslim-majority state in the country. Before August last year, Jammu and Kashmir enjoyed autonomy under Article 370 of the Indian Constitution, a provision under which had banned sale of land rights to non-Kashmiri citizens. The article was scrapped and the region was divided into two federal territories, namely Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh. According to the administrative chief of the region, Lieutenant Governor Manoj Sinha, the move has been made in order to encourage industries and give an economic boost to the region. Governor Sinha also guaranteed the protection of agricultural land and said the following. I want to say this forcefully and with full responsibility that agricultural land has been kept reserved for farmers. No outsider will come on those lands. We want, like other states of India, industrial areas should develop there too. Stalwart Kashmiri leaders, including former Chief Ministers Umar Abdullah and Mehbooba Mufti, have expressed disdain via tweets, saying that the decision would harm small landowners in the state. Both leaders belong to the People's Alliance for Gupka Declaration, a group of pro-India Kashmiri leaders who have released a statement calling the BJP government's decision a huge betrayal and as being grossly unconstitutional. They continue to demand for the restoration of Jammu and Kashmir's autonomy. Shifting focus to the Pacific Ocean, Australia is now joining the USA and Japan in their undersea fiber-optic cable project for the Micronesian archipelago Palau. The three strategic partners are financing close to $30 million as part of their new trilateral partnership, which oversees infrastructural investment to the cable project. The cable spans the Indo-Pacific region from Singapore to the west coast of the United States. Maurice Payne, the Australian foreign minister, had said in a statement, quote, We are very pleased to work alongside Japan and the United States to support Palau's vision to strengthen its global internet connectivity. As part of its Pacific Stepper program, Australia recently opened up its first embassy in Palau and is contributing $10 million to the cable project. Australia has also committed $1 billion in aid to the region for 2020-2021. Fundings by the Australian, Japanese and the United States governments is being seen as an alternative to Chinese funding in the region as well as restraining China's influence by increasing their involvement in the Pacific Island area. Australia had already agreed to invest in constructing a coral sea cable system for the Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea in 2018. That is all for today. We'll be back on Monday with more happenings from around the world. Tune into Egomong to stay updated on the latest happenings and their impact on global trade, technology and innovation. Egomong helps you make sense of change. We are a global intelligence platform delivering asymmetric outcomes by bringing organizations closer to the communities they want to serve and the leaders they wish to influence. Visit our website, insights.egomonk.com, that is I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S dot E-G-O-M-O-N-K dot C-O-M, to subscribe and make better and faster decisions today. If you wish to collaborate with us, then please email us at contact at the rate egomonk.com. Mm-hmm.